Amen. Just worship him. Just worship him. Can we just worship the Lord in this space today? There's a sweet spirit in the house. How? And how? Him more. Has it been good to you? Jesus. Jesus. for grace. Can we say it again? Oh, for grace. Come on. Oh, for grace. Oh, for grace. When you're down and out. Oh, for grace. Oh, for grace. Just worship him in this place to trust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just worship the Lord? Can we put our hands together and worship him? He's worthy to be praised. He is truly worthy to be praised. We want to welcome you here to our revival as for those of you that are viewing online that are joining in with us we had a worship a praise a spirit of worship in the house right before we went live and and we didn't want to shut that down amen we didn't want to stop that spirit from moving through this space amen so we just continued on in the worship and atmosphere and just continue to worship and magnify the name of the lord because he is he is truly, truly worthy to be praised. He's a wonderful God. He's a loving God, protecting us from danger seen and unseen. We don't deserve any of this, but for whatever reason, God looked through the corridors of time and he saw us. He saw us. He said, I can't stay on my throne. I got to go down there. I got to walk with him. I got to go down there and talk with him. I got to let him know that somebody somebody love them somebody's willing to lay their life down for them i need to go down there and let them know so we thank you god so so we worship him and we praise him and we magnify him because he is truly worthy worthy to be praised again we want to welcome each and every one of you here tonight those of you who are viewing um, online we thank god for you be it facebook or youtube or whatever device you're seeing us on we want to praise God for you and we thank God for you who are in the physical space this is a, a very special time um, we are celebrating our veterans amen amen can we put our hands together for all of our veterans if you if you served in the armed force or if you served in any capacity in the office if you could just stand on your feet we just want to recognize you um, I'm already standing amen praise God praise God Amen. Praise God. We praise God for you. I praise God for you. We are so thankful for our veterans who laid their life. You know, we talk about first responders. Yes, I'm already standing. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, but I thank God for 
my comrades, amen, uh, my brothers and sisters who have put their lives or placed their lives on the line so that, that we here um, can have the freedom um, that we have. So we praise God for all of you who are serving. And even you online, if you're viewing, we praise God for all of our veterans that are at home, that are watching and um, being a part of this service. We praise God for you as well. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Let us bow our heads as we get ready. Um, let's open up with a word of prayer. and We'll check and see who's in the house. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, again, we thank you once again for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do in the lives of your children. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. Thank you for this night of worship and praise. Thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you for allowing us to come into this space to spend time with you. Um, we give you praise. Bless us indeed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen again. Let us do a temperature check in the room, see who's here with us today. Amen. I'm seeing some new faces here. Uh, do we have anyone, someone visiting with us for the first time? This is your first time at the Revive. I see you. Praise God. I'm going to ask you, did you receive a gift when you came in? Amen. Amen. We give out gifts here. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? We don't want to overlook anyone. Amen. You mind sharing your name, brother? I already know who you are, but, but you don't mind sharing your name? Yes, sir. Gregory Adams. Amen. From Northside. We praise God for you for being here with us. God is good, and he is truly worthy to be praised. So we want to make sure that everyone, um, tomorrow, um, we'll conclude our time together. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, oh, three more weeks, Pastor, three more weeks. <laughs> but, but tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow we'll spend our time together at 11 o'clock where we'll conclude our revival. We'll have a baptism prepared. Um, we thank God for... Um, just being able to come here and spend this time. But we know that it doesn't, what they say, the book doesn't stop here. Amen. Amen. So we don't just come and spend this time together and get this knowledge and information for us to just sit on. We don't want to get all we can and can all we get. Um, but we want to go and tell somebody who's going to tell them. Amen. <laughs> we we, we want to go and tell somebody um, about a soon coming Savior. Amen. Um, and so we thank God for you. But we want to go ahead and turn to our screen. No, not, no. The slide's not ready. It's still, okay. But what we'll do then, we'll, we'll um, come back. Um, we want to check on the slide. We do want to get these quizzes um, taken care of, um, as well as the presentation, amen? So we'll come back, amen, with that. But you know, the enemy has been trying all he can. Um, but we know that um, God is a very present help and um, things are going to work out. So at this time, I'm going to put my first elder on the spot and I'm going to ask him to come up and just offer a word of prayer, a sp um, special prayer. Um, you can take prayer requests as we figure this thing out. Amen. Happy Sabbath, saints. You know, I was reading in the spirit of prophecy and it was talking about how angels marvel at human beings how we pray so little when prayer is the key in the hand of faith that unlocks heaven's storehouse you know what's in heaven's storehouse now you know what amazon say they have millions of products but in heaven's storehouses limitless 
omnipotence. That means God's power is limited. The only thing you have to do is do what, Bev? Call him up. Tell him what you want. Call, collect, he'll accept. Tell him what you want because Jesus is on the main line. You can't get that. They can't cut that line off. Amen. <laughs> Jesus paid it all. Amen. <laughs> right. You want to hear that? <laughs> Amen. Well, at this time, we're, we're, we have prayer requests. We're going to open it up for prayer requests. Dancy family. Hodges family. Phipps family. Jeremy Winston, Brother Miller, Brother Miller, Miller family, Pruitt family, amen, <laughs> process of elimination, is there any families in here that don't, doesn't want, doesn't need prayer, amen, amen, praise the Lord, anybody have any deaths in the family? Oh, Richard Mary's mom. Oh, mercy. Amen, amen. Betty and Lewis's nephew killed in an automobile accident. I think on King's Highway. Mercy. All right. Sister Patsy. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. All right, well, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, that we can call you Father. Realizing, Lord, we're unworthy, but because of your grace, Lord, you make us worthy, Lord. You said just call. Before we call, Lord, you will answer. While we're yet speaking, you will hear. So, Lord, we pray that you will forgive us for all of our sins and shortcomings, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will lend your ear, turn it towards us, Lord, as we make our petitions known to you, Father. Lord, every family here, Lord, is requesting special prayer. Lord, you know the situations, Lord. You know what they're dealing with, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you will meet every need according to your riches and glory, Father. We pray, Lord, that you will provide the increase where there's lack Lord, we pray that you will be a comfort to those that have lost loved ones. Lord, we lift up the Meredith family, Lord. We pray for Richard in a special way, Lord. We pray for that entire family, Lord. Walk with them, Lord, as they are going through this time of bereavement, Lord. Let them know that you are close, Lord, to them, Father. Let some soul be saved as a result of that tragedy, Lord. We also lift up Brother uh, Lewis, Lord. We pray for that family as well, lost a loved one, young people, Lord. Lord, Satan is angry and trying to take our young people out, Father. We just pray, Father, that you will just cancel every assignment, break every chain, Lord, upon our young people, Lord. Bring them back, Lord, to the fold, Lord. Lord, whatever has them bound, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus on them right now, Father. Lord, we pray, Father, for... Uh, the senior citizens, Lord, that are being put out only have 30 days, Father. But, Father, we pray that you will open up a door, Lord Jesus, for them, Lord. Comfort those families, Lord. 
Let us look after our, 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 our seniors, Father. Lord, we pray, Father, for, the, for this um, Word of Knowledge Bible College, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord, for the pastor who has been bringing the Word, Lord. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that has been anointed in this place, Father. Lord, we pray for every blood wash worshiper tonight, Lord. Give us the blessing in which we stand in need of, Lord. Don't let us escape you, Lord. But, Lord, we pray, Lord, that we will receive the message on tonight, Father. And, Lord, we just pray, Father, for this church as a whole, Lord, that we will uh, be ignited, Lord, on fire, revived once again, Lord. This earth is coming to a cataclysmic end, Father. Probation is about to close. Father, we just pray right now, Lord, that you will activate a power of urgency, Lord, that we will spread the good news, Lord, before it is too late, Lord. Don't let us lose our crown, Lord Jesus. Don't let us, Lord, fall to the wayside. Don't let us be a castaway by but, Lord, we just pray that you will anchor our faith, Lord. Anchor us like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless us and keep us throughout the remainder of this service. Is our prayer in the worthy name of Jesus we ask it. Amen. Amen. Now we're cooking with grease. Thank you, Elder. Are you ready for your quiz? Are we good? Amen. We're good. We're good. We're going to go ahead and get into this quiz. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Did we have paper? Did we get everybody paper? I'm stalling now, right? This is a, this is a good one. I just say 20 blanks. <laughs> All right, here we go. The real truth about near-death experience. This is our quiz. It's really easy. It's really easy. I just want you to get the, get the knowledge. Amen? We want you to get the knowledge. Amen? So none of the people who experience near-death experiences really what? Blank. Amen? Many near-death experiences resembles what? <laughs> Somebody's mouthing the answers up toward to me. <laughs> I told you it was easy. I told you. All right, here we go. True or false? Out of the body, near out of body near-death experiences con contradict scripture. True or false? Yeah. You got you're getting a hundred, huh? You're getting a hundred. I can. You just looking. All right, number four. Many near-death experiences details are frightfully similar to what teaches. To what what teaches? I said what teaches? Sound like broken English. What teaches? All right, here we go. Blank claims the dead are not dead. All right, you ready for the bonus? Yeah. All right, here we go. So what chapter and verse in the Bible teaches that death is creation in reverse? You know, I had to throw one of them in there. 
I heard a, I heard a different, I think I heard a soprano and alto, hmm. I think there was a soprano and alto. I didn't hear any tenors or basses. Those must be the scholars. All right, you ready for the, you ready for the answers? Sister Bev? You ready? Everybody ready. All right, here we go. All right, none of the people that that experienced near death really died. They didn't die. I love it. I love it. I love it. Number two, here we go. Many near-death experiences resembles hallucinations. Anybody miss that? (laughs) I know, right? True. Out-of-body experiences contradict scripture. All right? The Bible doesn't teach that. All right, number four, many near-death experiences details are frightfully similar to spiritualism. All right, this is what it, now this one right here may, may trick you a little bit. Number, number five, okay, we have a, um, um, the computer is blinking, Techni- technical glitch. But how many, how, how many have a, a hundred so far? Is that pretty? You have a hundred so far? You have a hundred? Huh? <laughs> What'd she say? Oh. Thus far. Thus far. <laughs> is, that a, is that a who? That's a 40? <laughs> I, spiritism claims that the dead are what? Not dead. And number six for the bonus. I know you can't wait for this one. So what chapter and verse in the Bible teaches that the death is creation in reverse? Ecclesiastes 12, 7. Did you get it? Sister Patsy, you got all of them? You missed one. Who got a hundred? Where are my hundred students at? That's a hundred right here. <laughs> So here it is right here. Ecclesiastes 12, 17 says it very clearly that the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God that gave it. It's going back to God. It's not floating around. It's not hovering around. The spirit goes back to God. And the spirit is like the breath goes back to God. Amen. All right. Let's put our hands together for those that got a hundred. Those that got 90, 80, if we go down beyond 80, we're going to have to do four weeks. <laughs> Amen. The one that have 80 needs to come back. And so the ones with 100 are going to come and support. They're going to tutor those. that now. Just, but we praise God for you. We want to continue on our time together. Thank you, Elder, for that prayer. Um, we want to invite up now um, our... Um, health nugget. Good evening, everybody. All right. I want to thank our presenters for those wonderful health nuggets over the past couple of weeks. I know I learned a lot, and I hope you all did too. So I'm going to give a quick review. 
So Rose shared her journey after multiple car accidents and medical diagnoses and how dietary changes and increased physical activity helped her overcome pain and disability to achieve better health. Lynette shared how despite her time-consuming work schedule, she devoted early morning hours to her fitness regimen and decreased her intake of carbs that resulted in weight loss and more energy. Christina gave us a real-life glimpse about the detrimental effects of stress and how we can manage it so it does not negatively impact our physical or mental well-being. Lakita gave a testimony on the benefits of fasting, increased intake of healthy foods, and black seed oil during one of her health challenges and how even her doctor was amazed at the results. Alvina shared her pandemic plan to get healthier with increased exercise and more fruits and vegetables that resulted in an impressive weight loss of 77 pounds. And Teresa told us how turmeric decreases inflammation, improves cognitive functioning, and helps with arthritis. It's also good for fighting heart disease, cancer, and promoting healthy aging. We started this Health Nugget series discussing how our choices impact every aspect of our lives, and we hope you've been inspired to make changes that will improve your life. So the other principles of creation life, I'll give a quick review on also. So next we have R for rest. In addition to our Sabbath day of rest, the CDC recommends we get at least seven hours of sleep nightly. It's also recommended to get at least two hours of sleep before midnight to get the deep, restorative sleep we need. E for environment. Everything we experience with our senses, sight, smell, sound, touch, and taste, can influence the way we feel mentally and physically. In order to live well, we must choose an environment that elicits positive responses. We can declutter our homes and offices, enjoy nature, bring nature indoors with plants and flowers, listen to uplifting music, read positive materials, and light scented candles to bring joy and peace. A for activity. Our presenters shared how they included regular exercise in their routines. It's recommended that we get at least 150 minutes of aerobic activity and two days of strengthening exercise per week. We can exercise for as little as 10 to 15 minutes at a time to see benefits. We can start small and increase as we're able. T for trusting God. A trusting relationship with God empowers every aspect of life. Research shows that religious involvement helps people avoid illness, recover from it more quickly, and live longer. Faith also helps us be resilient. God wants us to prosper and be in health, and he's here to help us succeed. I for interpersonal relationships and O for outlook. Having trusting, enjoyable relationships with family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers can help improve our outlook on life and help us deal with challenging situations by receiving wise counsel and support. Being kind can decrease blood pressure, cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and inflammation, which is linked to obesity, diabetes, and cancer. And laughter and kindness help the body release endorphins, which are hormones that improve our mood. When we have healthy relationships, we can share life's joys and enjoy God's beautiful world with others. And in for nutrition. Our presenters made dietary changes that centered on including more fruits and vegetables, including herbs and spices, and decreasing their intake of foods that should be eaten less frequently. We should aim to eat at least three vegetables and two fruits daily, 
along with whole grains, plant-based proteins, and adequate water intake. So we hope you can use these nuggets and also information from Creation Life to make better choices to improve your life.
Amen again. Let's lift him up. Hallelujah. You know, before I get started, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has had, put a, had a hand in helping this revival um, be a success from our um, welcome committee. Sister Brenda, we thank God for you. The praise team, the team, praise God for you. Amen. For the health nugget, the Sister Jan and her team, the, the food, amen. Our deacons that have held it down, amen. And you who have come out, amen. The elders that have stepped in and held it down, <laughs> amen. I don't know, I don't want to leave anyone out, but I just want you to know that we definitely appreciate you for being here, amen. The guests, yes, the guests. We thank God. Come on, let's put our hand together for our guests. And even you who are viewing online, we thank God for you as well. Because we do recognize that you could be somewhere else. You could just click that button and go over somewhere else, but we thank God. So I just wanted to just take that time out to just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, I say thank you. Uh, but we have a message tonight, you know, from the word of God, and we want to continue with our revival time um, as we look at tonight's topic. Will a loving God burn sinners in hell forever? Will he burn them in hell forever? Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. Amen. The real truth about um, about about what God is is going to do and what he is doing um, in the lives of his people. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we thank you once again for allowing us to come and um, be a part of this awesome, awesome workshop or this awesome revival. We thank you for covering us and keeping us um, ever before your presence. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. And so we give you all praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen again. Anybody ever heard that when we or when sinners go to hell that they're going to burn forever and ever and ever? Anybody, anybody heard that before? That we're going to burn? Or not we. Not we. We're we not going to burn. <laughs> They're they going to burn. Amen. They're going to burn forever and ever and ever. And that's the, and that's the, that's the common um, thinking that, that sinners are going to burn forever. And so what we want to do tonight, we want to take a look at that um, and just, have a, just spend a little, a little time um, on, that, on that particular topic of um, Will a loving God, you know, and hence the loving God, burn sinners in hell um, forever? Um, you know, this, it's a, this is a, a, a real thing. This is a, a, a real thing that we're, that we're dealing with. Amen. So here it is. Here's the, here's the question. Here's the, here's the question. Why would a loving God burn sinners in hell 
for millions of years. Why, why, why would he um, want to do that? Uh, and, 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 and what is the real truth about hell? You remember I said it before, and that's, and that, and, and that's what makes me say, what, you know, that when I attend funerals, you hear, you know, everyone goes to heaven, but no one goes to hell. Um, you know, because the reality is no one wants to, no one, no one wants to admit um, to something that's horrible as that. It's easy to, to gravitate towards something good than it is something bad. All right? I mean, I know, I, I know that, 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 that sounds kind of kind of off a little bit, you know, but, but the reality is um, you, you would be, you, you're, you're more attracted to something that is presented in, in a decent way than something that is just half thrown together. Matter of fact, let's just be real, um, our company that we keep, amen, you know, is based off of our tastes, all right? It, you know, there's something that you, that you have in common or something that you may like or they may like, you know, that calls you guys to kind of, okay, you know, he pretty cool. Or, or you know, she, she all right, you know. You know, we can, we can go to the mall together type of thing because there are some light traits there. But if this person has something that was just rubbing you the wrong way, you know, you're going to put some distance between you and that person. So it's easy to gravitate towards something that is good versus something that is bad. Um, and so we understand that this kind of God, what kind of God would cause some eternal suffering? What, what in the world is this? Who, who would, what, I mean, what kind of, I mean, you know, would, would you really want to serve a God that, that burns people, you know, that would just burn, you know, forever and, and ever and, 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 and you're in heaven enjoying the streets of gold and playing with the lions. Anybody ever want to play with a lion before? Anybody ever had a desire to rub a giraffe? Anybody had a, had a, had a, a, a hankering uh, to, to, to kick it with an alligator? Amen? <laughs> but, and, and so who would want to be in heaven um, enjoying that type of living or that type of experience when you know that your loved one, brother, sister, cousin, or maybe your neighbor, or maybe someone down the street is, is in hell burning. A matter of fact, you don't even have to know them. Amen? Just the idea that there is somebody suffering like that, but, but yet the God that we're serving, you know, he's a good God. And he's responsible for the good and the bad. You know, it just, it just doesn't line up. And I, and, and I want to continue to plug this pin in here that as we go through our Christian experience, that we keep in mind that it is the character of God that is at stake. So when we hear all of this stuff, okay, while it is designed to trip us up and to make us to believe all kinds of stuff, the reality is it is the enemy that is trying to get us to forget about God and to make God out of something other than what he really is. Okay? So let's just, so, 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 so although, you know, um, this idea is out there, um, you know, the smoke, uh, this torment, uh, the smell of their torment, this, uh, you know, uh, sin forever in the sight of the blessed before their eyes. This display of divine character and glory will be the favor of the redeemed and most entertaining and the highest pleasure of those that love God. 
Should the eternal torment and the fire be extinguished, it would, it would in a great measure put an end to the happiness and the glory of the blessed. Yeah, this is this that thing, this is that, it's kind of crazy. That we would, you know, I mean, and I, I've said it before, I've said it before, and you probably said it before, um, 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 but, 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 but here it is, you know, oh, you know, they're going to get theirs in the judgment. Anybody ever said that before? Oh, God's going to get them as if they're going to stand there before God and he's going to rewind the tape. And all of that stuff that they did, he's just going to hit them. He's know what we're going to you're going to burn for, 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 for this amount. And then and then you get, you know, one eternity, you get two eternity, you get. No, no, that's not how the sentence will be passed out. We're going to get more into this. All right. Let's keep it moving, because we would need to understand that that God makes no mistakes. I've heard. Um, um, one individual say that hell is so hot that, 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 that if you took the hottest fire on earth and put it in hell, it would turn immediately to ice. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. And let's just be real because there is so much confusion about hell. But I like what 2 Peter 3, 9 says, that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's not God's plan or God's desire that anyone should perish or anyone should be lost. That's not the plan. Okay, we're going to go back to Genesis here because we need to take a look uh, at, 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 the, at the beginning. You know, so why destroy sinners at all? Well, let's go on back to the book of Genesis because back at creation, what the Bible says is it, 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 very clear that God created a perfect world. Sin was never a part of God's plan. So God didn't kneel down in the dust with, a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with an idea that, you know what, I'm going to create them. And if they don't serve me, I'm going to place them in this lake or I'll send them to hell where they will have to burn forever and ever and ever. But at the same time, I'm going to send my son down to die for those that choose sounds kind of messed up you mean God is really thinking like that now I'm not claiming to know God thoughts but I am claiming to know the word of God and when I read the word of God that this that is not the God that I read about I don't read about a God that is a tyrant nowhere here where I re have read about a God that takes pleasure in our suffering See, you know, I'm going to put a pen right here. This is not in my notes, but I would like to believe that, um, you know, just like in our own children. See, I'm, I try to be practical. I try to be, you know, this is how I, I deal with God, That's, you know, because it makes sense to me. You know, I have to, I have to deal with God in a, on a level where it makes sense to me, not where he makes sense to you. Because, see, God may make sense to you one way, 
All right. That is just a little bit kind of confusing to me. And so I like to put things in a way where it just makes sense. So, for example, when God told Adam and Eve that if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Okay, it's about like you saying, son or daughter, if you touch that stove, you're going to get burned. They touched the stove, they got burned. Who fault is it? Why am I mad at my mom and daddy? Why am I mad at God? Why am I looking at God as if, God, you're the reason why I'm in the mess that I'm in? I've heard that before, too. But the reality is, I would like to believe that God was simply trying to let Adam and Eve know that this right here, for every action, there is a reaction. And if you touch that tree, eat of that tree, these are some things that will unfold in your life. And by like every last one of us in here who is carrying some type of trait from our parents. Some of us are having, some of us carrying the trait of cancer cells. Some of us are carrying some of those diabetes cells. Some of us are carrying some traits from our parents. You eating good, you living good, you didn't go out there and smoke, but yet you're still dealing with some stuff that your mama and daddy dealt with. Likewise, when Adam and Eve sin, sin enters into the world, and as a result of that, we're dealing with it. And what God is saying is that these are some things that will happen when you go against my command. So here it is right here, this confusion. Many teaching, uh, many preachers teach this confusion. But here it is that God says that, you know, um, in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 28, 21, it describes the final destruction. In other words, it says that God's strange act. In other words, what God is doing, it's not going to make sense. Everything isn't going to make sense. Everything isn't going to line up nice and pretty with a bow on it. Some stuff, we're going to have to trust God and believe God. So how does this destruction take place? All right, here we go. Romans says it like this because, you know, God created a perfect world, correct? God created a world. It was perfect. But I'm also reminded of Romans 6.32, which tells me that for the wages of sin is death. So this is what happens when we sin. It's not that God has, has, um, has, has struck you with. No, no, no. The wages of sin is death. It's about like crossing the street without looking both ways. Adam and Eve plunged this planet into a rebellious state. And what Jesus had done, he offered himself for our salvation. Jesus lived a perfect life to let us know that we too can live a perfect life. And so, Adam and Eve, you should die. The wages of sin is death. But this dead or this death that we're talking about, is it an eternal death? Jesus died. He was separated from his father. Amen? Amen? Condemnation was placed upon him. Our sins was placed upon him. 
But the Bible promises that Christ will establish a new earth and will restore Eden again. So what Adam and Eve messed up, God said, I am going to restore that. Because see, sin, here it is, sin is a fatal inherited disease. It takes the life of the sinner without a spiritual intervention. In other words, sin comes in without any warning. It doesn't care what you look like. It doesn't care about your pedigree. It doesn't care about your finances. Sin don't have sin is no respecter of person. And so when Adam and Eve sin, they pass that disease down to us. But God had devised a plan of our salvation. He has an antidote to this thing called sin. So the Bible, the Bible is not teaching that, that, that hell will last for millions and trillions of, lead, of years. You see, hell is, 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 is not some hot spot in the center of the universe. Uh-huh. The Bible teaches that sin will be destroyed at the end of ages, just before God makes all things new. I, I mean, I could never grasp a loving God torturing and tormenting people for millions and millions and millions of years. But I could understand a loving God making provision for all of those who want, who want to be saved. See, his purpose and his plan is, is and always was to destroy sin. So let's not get that confused with the sinner. He died for the sinner. Or should I say to make it, make it biblically correct, he died for the sins of the world. Your sins and mine. So he died for our sins. So his whole purpose is to redeem us back to him. The problem comes in, the reason why there's so much um, uh, uh, foolishness going on in the land is because we don't want God to redeem us back to him. Because to walk with God means I have to let go of something. Let's just be real up in here because sin is fun. Sin is pleasure. Sin feels good. It can taste good. It even look good. And we all know, mama told us, big mama told us, that everything good ain't good for you. And so here it is, God's purpose has always been to eradicate sin, not the sinner. And oh, how the enemy wants you to believe that this God right here, because see, you mean you serving, you worshiping a God that's going to destroy people, that's going to just have them burning forever and ever. You mean that's the kind of God you serving? Because see, really what's really happening is the sin will fall on his head. So he want to pass the buck. 
He wants you to believe that no, you can do what you want to do and live how you want to live and it's okay because God is still, as he said in heaven, he's saying it down here, he's unfair, he's unjust, he's rude, he's unkind, and you mean you want to worship him? So, devil, yes, I do. I want to worship him. Because I know better. I know that God's purpose is not to destroy me, but to destroy the sin. But the problem is, is with the sin that is in me. We don't want to let that go. I can just keep on smoking, keep on drinking, keep on cussing, keep on fornicating, keep on lying and keep on cheating and doing all of these things that the command tell us not to do, that the word of God has instructed us not to do because it feel good, it look good, it tastes good, and therefore it must be good. And it's not good. And so I want you to believe that now this God right here is going to have you burning forever. And ever. And ever. And if you think that way, then y'all, you wouldn't want to serve that kind of God. Well, let's just be real in here. If you knew God did that, would you really want to serve him? You're serving him out of fear? That's not the kind of God we serve. So the Bible is very clear in the book of Matthew. Chapter 25, verse 41 says, depart from me. Ye you are cursed, and to the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angel. For who was this prepared for? The devil and his angels. Those who persist to rebel against it wasn't prepared for you. So why would you want to go to a devil's hell? The word of God said that this is not prepared for you. You were not on the your okay, here it is right here. When we look at the agenda. Of God's agenda, okay? You fall on the, uh, under, the, under the topic of redemption. So, so, so you don't fall under the, under the, under the topic of hell. We're going to get to that later. God said, no, we're going to put my people, my children, my, the people that I breathe life into, putting you under the topic of redemption, to save you, to, lead, to, to, to win you back to me. But what happens is the devil has tried to flip the script and got us believing that, no, God have you on the topic of destruction, not redemption. God's always had a plan to restore. Even before he breathed life into Adam, he already devised a plan of our escape. We're not an afterthought. It wasn't like God said, oh, man, I forgot to turn the beans off. <laughs> oh, man, before I, I, I knew it was something I forgot to do. No, 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 no. God, don't forget. He's always, he's the same yesterday and today and forevermore. So he's not a God that has forgotten anything. So I'm going to put something in place. I'm going to put something in place so that in the event, I'm going to say it like that. My children. That's why, that's why when you have a, a newborn you know, and you put them in the, in the crib, you have these things called a railing. Uh -huh, and you raise them up. 
in the event. And as they get older, you don't leave them in that bed. Why? They're going to get up out of there and they're going to most likely, she said fall. I was about to say something like bust their head to the white meat show, but, but I'm going to say fall. I'm going to say fall. <laughs> so God basically put up the railings. I'm going to put some protection around them because in the event, now, it wasn't God's plan and, and God's purpose and God set it up for us to fall. No. No more than when you leave your house and you step on the gas that you leave with the intention on getting into an accident. But it happens. And that's why we have insurance. God is simply saying, I'm going to put something in place for you, and I'm going to have something in place for the devil. And we have gotten to the point to where we'd rather believe a lie than the truth. Hell is not for you. Now, I'm not saying hell doesn't exist. As some preachers would like to believe. Oh, it's real. Let me move on here. Because we need to understand that God is very clear in what, he, in what he is doing. So when does hell occur? The Bible is very clear about when it will, it will occur. <clears throat> You're familiar with the story. The disciples asked Jesus about the end of the world. And Jesus told them this story or this parable of a of a of a of the story of a sower uh, that went out and sold he said the sower sold some good seed amen and the enemy sold weeds as well representing the evil and Jesus told his disciples what happened to sin and so Matthew put it this way uh, uh, Matthew um, 13 40 says therefore as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire so it will be at the end of this age stay with me now because see when weeds or sin be burned at the end of the of the age the, 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 the sin and the weeds Jesus is saying will be burned at the end of the age hell is not now it's not some hot spot at the center of the earth the Bible says that there will be a complete destruction of the wicked at the end of time so no one is burning nowhere now more uh, 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 just like no one is, is is in heaven right now can't have folk up in heaven and nobody in hell. I guess the wicked folk just still in the gray sleep, but all the good folk is just being whisked away. So that's the foolishness the devil wants you to believe. And I'm telling you, don't believe it. And so, the just and the unjust, the Bible says. Second Peter put it like this. Second Peter 2, 9 says, Then the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. And we talked about that on the other day on what happens to the wicked who are alive and what happens to the wicked who are in their graves. They're in their graves. Now, if someone's burning in hell, then you debunk the scriptures. That the wicked shall be resurrected at the second resurrection. If they're already burning. So I guess he's going to tell them take a pause. 
from the burning. See how foolish does that sound? <laughs> but we believe that kind of stuff. We're not giving it any thought. The preacher get up here and say, you're going to go to hell. Your people are burning. They're going to burn forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. No, they're not going to burn forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. We're getting there. <laughs> so the just reserved, the, 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 the unjust uh, uh, will be, uh, their punishment will be reserved uh, for the end until the day of judgment. So when a person dies, the Bible says they are like sleep. They're like rest. They're like sleep until the resurrection. Remember, there are two resurrections. Remember, we talked about that. Talked about those two resurrections, the resurrection of life, the first resurrection, then the resurrection of damnation, which is the second resurrection. So if I was to ask you on a pop quiz, which resurrection would you want to be in? The first resurrection. The resurrection of life. Because the Bible says that the righteous receive their reward at the second coming and the wicked will receive their reward at the end of the thousand years, not at death. So let's turn to some scriptures. Can we turn to some scriptures right quick in Matthew 16, 27? It says here, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels. Then he will reward each according to his works. When he comes. When he comes, he'll reward them with his works. Not at death, but when he comes, those who are in the resurrection of life and those who are at the resurrection of damnation. Everybody's going to get a reward. Everybody, you know, it's like, it's like in grade school, everybody get a reward. You don't want nobody to feel left out. Now, I love Jesus. He said, I want nobody to feel left out. So everybody's going to get a reward. <laughs> Remember I told you the other day, I said I had a professor that said, all you got to do is show up and you'll get an A. Everybody going to get a reward. What, but you have the choice of what kind of reward that you will receive. At death, we sleep to the first or second resurrection. <laughs> So the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, this is a very familiar text, for the Lord himself will descend uh, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with a trump of God. And the Bible says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, the Bible says, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So when Christ comes, the dead in Christ are resurrected first. The righteous living will join the resurrected dead, uh, 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 or should I say the, the, the righteous dead, as they are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And the living and reign with him. We will live with him, reign with him for a thousand years. And at the end, the Bible says the holy city will descend to the earth. The wicked now are resurrected. And they will be resurrected to a life of damnation. Because John puts it this way. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. That's why I say everybody's going to hear him. Say so every eye will see him. Every ear will hear him. Amen. And the Bible goes on to say that and all and, and, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Two resurrection, resurrection of life, resurrection of death. 
the thousand years. The wicked are resurrected at the end of the thousand years. They are begin to try to attack the city that begins to descend down. Fire comes down. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. See, see, this is what they're missing. This is where the fire comes down from God to devour them. The wicked are then destroyed end of the age and not before. So how complete is the destruction of the wicked? We're going to get on out of here. Let me keep it moving. Because the Bible tells us in Matthew, he says that, And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. There it is right there in the text. Everlasting life. Doesn't God punish through the ages of eternity? I mean, it says it right there. Does it not say everlasting punishment? Everlasting punishment is, 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 is a punishment that lasts forever. But the real results, it's not the punishment. It's the result. God is not going to punish you for all eternity. The result of the punishment is eternal. Am I helping somebody in here? The punishment isn't eternal. The result of the punishment is what's eternal. The wicked are consumed and they will cease to exist and the results are eternal. In other words, God never have to deal with it again. That's what's eternal. The fact that I won't have to worry about cancer anymore. That's what's eternal. Now I don't have to worry about my eyesight going bad. That's what's eternal. In other words, sin will not roll back up in our lives again because it will be eternally dealt with. Oh, yeah. The Bible says it, that eternal fire. Jude puts it this way. Jude 7 talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. And you're familiar with this story. You, 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 you know all about it. Let's just go on and read it real quick. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, having given themselves over to sexual immorality. And if I can just put a pen right there, because I've heard of individuals go back and forth over this story of Sodom and Gomorrah to try to make it about something other than the sexual immorality that, is, that was going on in the city. These men that showed up wanted to have sex with the angels. But yet we want to make it about something else. See how the devil want to try to manipulate you and make you believe something that is not true? Because again, his whole aim and his whole purpose is to get you to believe a lie versus the truth. Because what's on, what's on trial here is not you, but it's God. And so, and gone after strange flesh. There it is right there. They are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So Sodom and Gomorrah is an example of the destruction that occurs at the end of time with eternal fire. It occurs at the end of time. Shouldn't they still be burning today if it was eternal fire? Wouldn't they be somewhere on the East Coast or the West Coast or wherever? Uh, uh, shouldn't they be somewhere burning? 
We have to understand that what Jesus was saying here was that this is what it's going to be like. Amen. That fire is going to come down and destroy the city. Sodom and Gomorrah is an example. An eternal fire need not be one that is continually burning. Remember the angels led Lot and his family out of the city? Lot and the angels told, told Lot's wife, don't look back. She would turn into a pillar of salt. When you think about it, when you look at it, she looked back. Basically what Jesus is saying here in this text, he said, listen, when you come to me, when you come to me, when you give your life over to me, when you leave the city and start walking after me, don't look back. Too many times we look back and we wonder why all this stuff is happening because you keep looking back. Quit looking back. So here it is right here. Second Peter, I'm trying to get through this one. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward will, li will live ungodly. They are, this is what it's going to be like. You ask the question, disciples, so, so, so what is it going to look like? How is the end going to come? Okay, um, you, you remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? This is what it's going to look like. The concept of eternal life in the Bible, it, proceed, it, it, it proceeds from the character of God, who was an all-consuming fire. Eternal fire is what destroys sin for eternity. You see, God knew exactly what we needed. And so... I mean, somebody said something that, you know, they don't believe in hell. I just want to slap that in there real quick because, you know, you say, you know, I don't, I, I don't believe in hell. No, no, don't, don't, I don't believe in God, you know, the, the tormenting people. For, no, no, mm -mm. But I do believe that hell is much hotter than you believe it will be. You see, the Bible teaches that hell that gets the job done. It reduces sin and sinners to ashes. You see, uh, 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 hell, you know, if, if you don't believe in a God that would destroy people and they're just going to burn forever and ever and ever, and they're just going to keep burning, then I'm going to be honest with you, then your fire ain't hot enough. Yeah. Because my God, his fire is so hot, they can't burn forever and ever. Because the scripture says they're going to burn and turn into ashes. So if you got folks still running around here in hell, burning and burning and burning, that, 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 that ain't hell. Nuh -uh. they, 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 they somewhere else. But that is, that is, not, that is, that is not hell. Because Malachi, Malachi 4.1 says that for behold, uh, uh, the day is coming. Uh, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that it will leave them neither root, what, nor branches. Sorry about that. <laughs> so will they, will they trace Will, will any trace of the wicked be found? Nah, not a trace, no trace of sin. 
The Bible says it very plainly in Malachi 4, uh, 3, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. Psalms put it this way. Psalm says, but the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the metals, shall vanish, and to smoke they shall vanish away. Oh, okay, Obadiah. We need some believers out there. Obadiah said, and they shall be as though they had never been. As though they had never been. And that's why we're not going to be in heaven crying over those individuals that didn't make it. And that's why we shouldn't be down here feeling some kind of way because somebody didn't make it. You have to understand when I say this because many of folk is losing their salvation because they're trying to save somebody that don't want to be saved. And it sounds harsh. And it sounds, un- and it just sounds ungodly. But let me tell you something. Your salvation is your responsibility. And you can't make anybody follow Jesus. Everybody have to come to Jesus on their own accord. You present the truth and you love them through it all. You present the truth of the word of God. And if they don't accept it, that's okay. You love them anyway. You don't hate on them. You don't make them, you don't, you're going to burn. You don't beat them down with the word. No, you don't do that. You love them and you be there for them. And you let them know this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. I'm trying to show you the love of God. I'm trying to show you the presence of God. I'm trying to let you experience the God that I serve. And how do I do that? By showing you the love of God that he has shown me. Not make you feel some kind of way because you're not worshiping on a day that I believe is the true Sabbath. That's why I said the other day I try to be very careful how I present the message because I have friends that are not seven-day Adventists. I have family members that are not seven-day Adventists. I know some folk that, you know, because I'm a seven-day Adventist preacher don't mean that I have excluded myself from those that are not believing like I believe. No, 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 no. I try to live my life in a way where I am a reflection of the glory of God that they will see something in me because they know how I was back in the day. And they say, if he can do it for you, Junior, he'll do it for me. And I just love him. Do I want to see him in the kingdom? Yes, I do. But am I going to lose my salvation going out there fooling around with somebody that don't have any intent? They ain't bit more thought about trying to get a life to the Lord and you out here following them up and down the street trying to go all to these different places with them. You're going to mess around and you're going to be on the outside looking in. You're going to mess around and you're going to see New Jerusalem coming down. Figure I'll make it real clear. (laughs) 
This ain't no sipping tea. This ain't no plaything that we're doing here. What we're doing, we're doing it because we believe in the God that we serve. We do this because we trust in the God that we serve. We do this because we know about the God that we serve. We're not just doing this because mama made us. We're too grown for that. We're too old for that. We're here because we have an experience. We've had an encounter. We know God for ourselves. Not somebody told me I can tell you that I know 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 that my God is real I don't need nobody signing me up or making me feel good no 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 I've been through the fire I've been through the flood I know my God lives and so I trust him and then all this stuff that the enemy trying to throw at us. No, no, brother, you can take that and you can do whatever you choose to do with it, but get it somewhere else. I'm like Jesus at the, get behind me, Satan. Go somewhere else with that. You can take that somewhere else. You got me mixed up. No, 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 no. I don't come too far. Hey, man. Amen. I know what I used to do. Hallelujah. I know where I could be right now. Hallelujah. Yeah, I have little anxiety at times when it's time to get up here. But guess what? There has not been a time when the Lord said, get up there where I stayed in my seat. I came up trembling. I came up nervous. I came up wondering, Lord, what's going to happen today? What you going to say today? While you waiting on your blessing, I'm waiting on mine too. So, Lord, speak, Jesus. Speak. Speak. Speak now, Lord. I need to hear a word from you. I said, I'm, I'm, I done ran so far over my time. Y'all not going to ever come back. But I got one more day. <laughs> Lord, help me stand. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to shut it down. I, I, I am. I am. I am. I, I, you know, it's getting good to me. It's getting good to me because, see, we have to understand how this thing worked forever and ever. And the smoke, the Bible says, the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. What the Bible means is that forever and ever, it simply says, let's go to the Bible. Can we do that real quick? Okay, Exodus. Exodus chapter 21, um, verse 6, talks about several. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, talks about um, a servant. And it says, and he, meaning a servant, shall serve him, his Lord, our master, forever. Okay? Will we have slaves in eternity? God forbid. Oh, have mercy. You mean I got to go up and have to worry about somebody telling me what I, when to go to bed? And I, no, no, no. The Bible says in, in, in 1 Samuel, in 1 Samuel, um, Samuel 122, um, Hannah, it says that there abide forever, forever. What, what, what was Samuel, um, you know, he was, he, what, what, was he in the temple forever? No, no, he wasn't. Hannah, Hannah is another one. As long as, as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord forever, forever. See, see, see you know, we think forever is one way, but the Bible is teaching us forever another way. All right, is letting us know um, here um, in, in, in the word of God, forever and ever is a biblical expression, which means until the end of the age. Not necessarily an infinite, unending period of time. 
Remember prophecy, Jerusalem would be destroyed. Amen. You remember that? It is written in Jeremiah 17, 27. But if you will not heed me to hallow the Sabbath day, notice the disobedience to God. Very serious thing. He says, then I will kindle a fire in its gates and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem and it shall not be quenched. It shall not be quenched. The Bible says that the fire shall not be quenched, unquenchable fire, until nothing more is burned. You see, punishment never needs to be repeated. God said, I don't want to have to do this again. I'm setting some things in place where we won't have a repeat. Okay, Matthew 10, 28 says, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to, what everybody, destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus said God will destroy the soul and the body in hell. Sin will be totally eradicated. Ezekiel put it like this, uh, 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 the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Many punishment, uh, 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 should I say, um, many, many, many theologians, should I say, uh, uh, speak on, on this thing. An article was written by Dr. Um, um, Hughes um, a while back, said, and Hughes argues that the traditional belief in unending punishment is linked to the erroneous belief in the innate immortality of the soul. A belief, he says, that is based more on Plato than on Bible. The immortality of which the Christian is assured is not inherited in himself or in his soul, but is bestowed by God, says Hughes. Plato taught immortality of the soul. Paganism search uh, 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 sources uh, 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 talks about this uh, 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 immortality of the soul. Even Sunday worship, spiritualism. Sprinkling, I'm sorry of infants, immortality of the soul, never-ending hell. Ecclesiastes 9, 10, I mean 9, 5 says that for the living know that they will die, but the dead knows nothing, and they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. So if the dead do not know anything, they are not burning in hell, screaming in the flames, for death is but asleep. We're going to stop right there. I want to come back. I have to end it right here. Because we need to understand and know that what God is doing and what God has set in place is not for us. But it's for those that choose to be about their business and not God's business. God set this thing up to deal with with sin. That's what he's dealing with. He's not dealing with you personally, while at the same time, he's dealing with you on a personal level. But when God is dealing with you, he's dealing with you based off of the sin that is in you. So what God's purpose, his aim and his and his mood and his motive is always about dealing with sin because the enemy said you're not fair. The enemy said you're not just. 
The Bible says that iniquity was found in this dude. So God, throughout of eternity, throughout of throughout human existence, let me put it that way, God has always dealt with that thing called sin. So there are some parables of the rich man of Lazarus. We're not going to go into that, even though there's just a couple more slides, but we're going to leave it at that um, because we know that God makes no mistakes. That God makes no mistakes. Hell was never intended for, 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 for the human race, but it was always intended for the devil and his angels. And what the devil has now done is to transfer that thing over on the human race to make us think that, oh, I don't want to go to hell. And you're more concerned about going to hell than heaven. And you probably heard it before when anybody say, I don't want to go to hell. But wait a minute, why not say, I, don't want, I want to go to heaven? Exactly. Use the positive. Don't use the negative. I don't want to go to hell. You're going to burn in hell. Wait a minute. Why can't we just go to heaven? Why can't we just live right, do right, quit all this foolishness, and let everybody get up in there? There's room. You do know there's room. You don't have to worry about standing room only. There's, there's so much room up there. It's, it's room for everybody. And we ain't talking about just 144,000 as some believe. The John said there will be a number that no man can count. So there's room for you. Don't, don't, don't be down somewhere where it's crowded. It's going to be crowded in heaven. That's where the, that's where the room is going to run out. <laughs> you ain't going to have nowhere to burn. Let me quit. It's going to be so crowded. Because the word of God said that the way is the, it said broad is the way to destruct, that, that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way. Don't let the enemy dupe us anymore. It's time to trust in Jesus and believe in him. Father God, again, we thank you so much. There was so much to this, Lord, and there was so much more to, to it. And, and even that, and even more, much, much more than that. And I pray, Lord, that something was said here in this space that will help somebody to be drawn closer to you. I ask you, God, to help us to focus on you and to be about your business, to be about your work and not get caught up in the mundane things of this world and not allow the enemy to 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 deceive us anymore. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I would fail to remiss uh, to just ask if there is anyone that if you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I definitely want to give you that opportunity. Um, if there is one, please see me. We want to see how we can make that happen. God is good. And all the time. God bless you. Consider yourself dismissed.